You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. We've had a cracking weekend of rugby and hopefully this episode of the pod will do it justice. Coming up on this episode, we've got fact or fiction, we've got a chance to rant when we go to the sin bin, plus all the news and views from around Wales during our feature called Any Other Business. Uh, We'll also catch up with longtime friend of the podcast, the mighty Murph, uh, to chat about some of the uh, Welsh players based in England, ahead of the, the squad announcement. Um, as usual, big thank you to our sponsors, So Coffee Trades, which is the, uh, the coffee company set up by Scott Arton, the Ospreys hooker, who we spoke to last week. So if you haven't heard that one, uh, make sure you head back and have a little listen to it. Really interesting to get his take on uh, setting up a business while being a professional rugby player. Uh, so do have a listen to that one. And you can get your hands on uh, some of the coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk and Find out for yourself. Uh, one man who's yet to sample this is Dan Killick. How you doing, Dan? I'm all right. Have you, have you got any for me yet? I've got some, but it's again, it's nine o'clock on a Sunday night, isn't it? It's half nine now, so it just doesn't. It doesn't seem like the right time to be to be dusting out the coffee. I think you know, a milky cup of tea is just about is just about the limit. Or a peppermint. Or a peppermint. Yeah, I'm not the um, I'm not the rock and roll figure that. Once was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. How can uh, how can I be anything other than great after uh, that weekend of rugby? Yeah, some absolutely amazing results and performances. Scarlets, in particular, springs to mind. Um, you know, just an epic, epic game of rugby. Um, real, real joy to watch. How many times have you watched that one? Over? You know, I've only watched it once. Uh, just uh, yeah, it's on BT. So um, I've yeah. got BT here. I've had to I have to watch it on the laptop. So. I haven't had the uh, the opportunity to watch that one back, but yeah, God, what a game! Just absolutely same performance. It really was, and then the Ospreys getting a draw in yeah. the game on Saturday. Um, unfortunately, the Dragons couldn't get a result, but then a really interesting game, really entertaining game from the Cardiff Blues today uh, as they beat Toulouse and book their 
but they're placed in the next round of the Parker Pen Shield. So yeah, it's been some awesome rugby. And as always, the first part of the show is what we call fact or fiction, where we debate a series of statements based on this week's rugby news, and uh, we debate whether they're fact or fiction. Right, where do you want to start, Daniel? I'll ask you. I'll go first. Yeah. Go on, you go first. Okay. If Scarlets are 1977 Wales, then Ospreys are Wales 2017. Fact or fiction, Jed? Well, <laughs> I think it's fact at the moment. Um, I would say, you know, the, the Scarlets are just playing some incredible flair rugby, and that was evident to be seen on uh, on Friday night. A lot of people, what kind of prompted this is a lot of people on Twitter were kind of saying, it's like watching Wales 05. And I actually think it's better mm. than that because as big. It is, I mean, like, as much as we all loved watching Wales, there. Wales chuck the ball around in 05, we were a bit light up front, you know. It was a decent scrum, but, you know, it kind of held its own. That was all based on, you know, just throwing it around behind the behind the scrum and and it was, you know, massively entertaining in the process. Beautiful offloads. Beautiful offloads and... and Everyone and, reading each other's lines, yeah, isn't it? real instinctive stuff. And it was awesome. It was an absolute joy to watch. And the most exciting Welsh side there's been in my lifetime. But the thing that, that made me think is actually... You know, this Scarlet side, like we said, I think we said it last week, is built off this mean pack. And they're not just mean, they can do everything. They can turn the ball over, they can carry, their hands are as good as most of the backs. So I really felt like it like it's you know, it's a it's a seventies vintage Wales rather than uh, rather than two thousand and five. The Ospreys on the other hand it's difficult. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go to the Ospreys at all because I thought that was a, it was a, a really gritty performance on Saturday night. But it is much more pragmatic. The the backs, you know, don't and it's it's difficult. Saris, you know, don't allow them. You know, didn't allow them the, the opportunity to play a lot more. But I just think they're a side that is still finding. You know, still finding their feet in the back. Yeah. But it was a good result nonetheless. In the Ospreys because they. They were caught, weren't they, between playing styles. They tried to mm. play this really quite wide game and it, it just didn't work out for them, did it? So they've gone back to basics. They have a bit, yeah. And um, it's working, isn't it? It is. I, I think, you know, they're, they've been really, really competitive and, you know, we should definitely not be looking at a draw against Saracens. Although they're in a bad run of form, Saracens, this is, you know, these are back-to-back, uh, back-to-back European winners double winners during one of those one of those sits well you know they're one of the best sides to have played during the professional era so I thought there were some really really good things in there for the Ospreys the scrum in particular I thought was great um, and I was surprised in particular with the you know we talked last week about the the bulk you need in the second row to have a really fearsome scrum and you look at Maritoje and, and Will Skelton there's a fair amount of a fair amount of bulk there the Ospreys type five was superb, absolutely superb, and I think particularly um, Brad Davis, I thought went fantastically yeah. well, but in another monster shift, so needed as well, isn't it? With uh, the Wales uh, Wales team announcement around the corner. Well, I think he starts for me. I think he, I think him and Alan Jones will, yeah. will be the starting second well, row. The fact combo. they're playing together as yeah. well, isn't it? And, and going so well, it's a really two big big men, isn't it? Um, experienced as well. Uh, it's just what we need. Yeah, so you know that that's definitely a, a positive, and bigger and Webb 
continue to to impress at halfbacks. And I think you know I think the other thing is there's been there's been injury problems at the Ospreys. Like we said, I don't think the recruitment has been fantastic over the summer, and that's proven difficult for them. So you know I'm not I'm not writing them off, but I would say that yeah they are in the the current kind of Wales mode of a side that still needs to find find their rhythm. You know, find how they're gonna they're gonna kick on and, and play a bit more exciting rugby. You say the web was, you know orchestrating and a, and a huge part of, of it's just a class act all round you know no side is no back row in the world ever wants to see Reese Webb lining up against them because you know you're going to have an absolute handful he's going to be sniping around the fringes his service is great his it's game physical, management is really physical yeah you know? and I think that's that's a, a really good thing Gareth we saw Davis that physicality in the Lions didn't we yeah we did and Likewise, uh, Gareth Davis had uh, you know had a field day <laughs> running at the bath. He wasn't quite busy. Line, um, <laughs> cook, and so yeah, you know you, you do expect a, a bit of that from a nine in the modern era. So yeah, I, I would say it's I would say it's fact. What are you said. I'll join you on that fact. All right, that's cool. Um, I tell you what, let's stick with the second row, shall we? Let's stick with that area. And this is one at left field. This is a bit of a wild card. So for you, if Tygburn could play for Wales, you'd select him, even if it meant that you could never pick Alan Wynne-Jones again. Fact or fiction? That's an absolute cracker, that. Um, oh. So if we, if I, if I say yes to to Burn, yeah, it would mean that Alan Wynne would have to wouldn't play for Wales ever again, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'd have to take that at the moment just because Alan's come in. I'm a huge Alan Wynne Jones fan, but he's coming to. He'll be starting to wind down, won't mm. he? Um, Ty Byrne's got a, got a good few uh, few more years in him, isn't he? And um, he's just playing outstanding rugby, isn't he? So uh, I'd, have to go, I'd have to go with fact on that. I never I, thought I would see the day where you weren't picking Alan Wynne Jones, even in, a, you know, in this fictional scenario here I still probably want to be picking him when he's 45 and not playing although he'll he'll probably still be playing he will yeah he'll still be there Um, oh it's a difficult one yeah but Burn he's see the sidestep on the weekend magic like everything he did the sidestep the turnovers yeah 16 or 17 tackles none missed line out steal at a crucial point Driscoll's come out hasn't he and said he's a totally different totally different player to when he was playing in well, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure he playing is. in Ireland and you know I know that happens to a lot of players don't they but you just see you can't you can't quite believe how he ended up going and just no. coming into this player I mean the Scarlets have done something unbelievable to him haven't they but they do time they and time do. again yeah their, their ability to spot you know these diamonds in the rough is just is just phenomenal and Arguably, I don't think they have done. Yeah, you know, I think it's the, I think he might be their best ever signing. But <laughs> yeah, you know what, he's, honestly, he's yeah. just phenomenal. He's gonna he's gonna miss it so much there, isn't I, he? I mean, I think he's the best second row in Europe. Well, a lot of people I probably wouldn't wouldn't argue against that. He is certainly right up there, isn't he? Um, just the fact that he's a master of 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 pretty much everything, isn't mm. he? Um, then you then you say, look, you can throw him in the back row, and he doesn't look. He doesn't look out of place. He steals like a seven. Yeah. He carries like an eight. Yeah. 
his handling skills are, you know, I've seen inside centres with with worse handling skills than him. He's just got he's got the lot. I, did, I, I didn't. I'm mean, that side step. I've said it about three times now. I didn't think he had that. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, it was tippery. You know, also as well, that's not a that's not a front row forward. He sidestepping no, there. That's Anthony wrong. Watson. Who? Yeah. I tweeted on Friday. Not a bad night. defender, is he? I tweeted on Friday night. Um, that it remains a mystery to me why England pick Mike Brown at fullback when they've got Anthony Watson, and two minutes later he gets <laughs> uh, he gets sidestepped by uh, by a giant second row. But I don't think there's any shame in it. Honestly, I just think he's he's the complete package all round player, and he will be he's a lion in waiting. I think he might be the best year, the best the best ever. Uh, sorry, the best lock in Europe at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, I just can't wait to see him on the uh, on the international stage. Really, mm. you know? um, I'm dreading it a bit. Also, I think it's yeah, yeah. it's going to be a hell of a ding dong, isn't it? It is going to yeah, it is. But it's, it'd equally be great as well because of what the what the Scarlets have done to bring him on and bring out all these different bits. And you know, the, the one thing I think with Ireland that they've been missing, you know, we've said for a while, is I don't think they've had an out and out seven. Yeah, and their back row has always been big and physical. But look at the likes of. He slips, Stander, and O'Brien, and I don't think there's an out and out fetcher in there. I think chucking. Well, same with England. Yes, yeah, really, with England. you know, and that's where we always felt we had we had him in the back row. Yeah, you chuck Byrne into the mix, and you know, even in the second row, he he will turn over enough ball. Yeah, he, he's a he's a proper fetcher. Yeah, yeah. so it's frightening. Yeah, it is frightening, and it's, it'll be a massive blow for the Scarlets. But hats off to. Uh, Bullbring as well, like yeah. a fantastic game, and he know, did play well, didn't he? Yeah, you yeah. Can just you just see them, you know, Bullbring kicking on or Rawlins coming in, and you know, I think he's a, a really underrated player. So, no denying it's a massive blow, but I do think you know they'll they'll look to um, they'll look to some of the players they've got in and around the, the squad at the moment to make that step up. I love the I love his sort of uh, reaction as well and responses yeah. to that when they you know when when the Scarlets win it's. It's his team, isn't it? You know, he's yeah. he's he's every you know he's every bit of scarlet. When you I think when he leaves, he'll still he'll still have a massive place in his heart. You know, you can just see that, can't you? Mm. He is. He'll be he'll be grateful. I think for forevermore of what what's happened down there. I think so, and, and he'll uh, be lauded. Yeah, definitely. You know, he'll drink for free, won't he, down oh, west? Any any time he walks into a pub, there he's not he's not buying a drink. So you're right. Would I pick him above? Uh, That's what everyone. Would I lose yeah. Alan Wynne Jones though? That's the thing. He's just such a talisman, isn't he? That's the thing. I, like, I'm going to have to go fiction on this one. As much as I think he actually, at the moment now, is a better player with a bigger future, I just think you've I got I thought to, you were going fact on that. No, after. I'm going to stick with it. How can I turn... You, know, you can't yeah, turn know. your back on him. You can't turn your back on him now. Even Unfortunately, it's a fictional scenario. So I'm back at that, but I'm going to go fiction. Good, I'm glad someone else. All right, your <laughs> choice. What's next up? Okie dokie. Cardiff Blues should concentrate their efforts... On the Parker pen. <laughs> um, the greatest combo round. Yeah. Sadly, it's not the Parker pen anymore, not just in terms of name, but in terms of prestige. There's no qualification for Europe. So unfortunately, I think you'll look at it and say they have to spread. They have to concentrate on the, the league as well. What's way more important, actually, as much as I think there's a great opportunity to win something here, and Danny Wilson will be desperate to win something in his final his final uh, stint as, as the Blues coach but I just think 
it's this horrible thing, but Europe qualifying for the top tier of Europe is now more important. You know, you look at the what it's going to mean financially, not just the money that comes with it, but also the the gate receipts that will that will go alongside it. So that's what the players want as well, isn't it? Yeah, you you're going to attract better players. Yeah. Um, if retention. So it's only a top three finish in the conference that guarantees you a um, that guarantees you European rugby. So I think that's where they've got to that's where they they've got to have the the bulk of their effort. But and the Blues are sitting they're in fourth. They're in yeah. fourth behind the Cheetahs, who I think have got a a game in hand and ten ten points clear. On them. Yeah. So. So there's a lot to play for. There's a lot to play for. I just think, yeah, they, they've got to concentrate their efforts there. But at the same time, I wouldn't be resting players in the um, in the European yeah. competition. Well, you've always been a big fan as well of building, you know, yeah. building momentum, getting getting wins where you can, and, and good things will come from there. So, and I think this, you know, this run they've been on in Europe has definitely helped their their league form. I think their performances have been a lot better off the back of having played well in Europe. Do you think the attendances as well? I, I, I read today that it's it was about 7,000 down there, yeah. I think, which so, on a Sunday it's a good night, number, isn't is it? Good, and it sounded really, really noisy yeah. watching it on... Was um, the drum going? Watch on tell. Yeah, the drum was going. Good. Um, definitely had a few chances of Cardiff um, breaking out there as well. But yeah, no, I, it's definitely helped with that. The atmosphere sounded really, really good. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm not they've they've got the luxury now of, of being through. Um, you know, they can probably afford to, to rest a few players in the final game, but yeah, definitely have a have a damn good stab at it. But priority number one I think has to be qualifying for the top yeah. tier of Europe again. Can't take your eye off that. No. That's where it's at, isn't it? Good, good, good. So what are you saying? Fact uh fiction. I am, yeah. Alright. Okay, let's stick with the Cardiff Blues now. Or players who have played for the Cardiff Blues. And I want to throw this one at you. So last season we had a situation, or sorry, a couple of seasons ago, we had a situation where Reese Patchell was coming through and Gareth Anscombe had been recruited on a NDC. Patchell wanted to play as rugby at 10. Uh, Anscombe wanted to play at 10. We found ourselves in a situation this weekend where both of those were playing at 15 and both of them went fantastically well at 15 this weekend. So I'm going to say to you, Patchell and Anscombe are both 15s. Fact or fiction? Fact. They're both 15s. Um, Patchell, I think the pair of them need, play better when they've got a little bit more time with the ball. They're both very different, but Patchell, I think, can can slot in at 10 and do a do a nice job, but his, his overall sort of game management at times, he just has little lapses. Um, part of that may be down to not sort of, uh, you know, not playing there at the highest, you know, sort of the highest level then, mm. where you're under that extra bit of pressure. Because um, he's he's looked he's looked he's looked awesome against some of the lesser teams. Um, to counter that though, yeah, he was at the helm when they beat Leinster away yeah. in the Pro 14 semi, and then beat Munster in what was in essence a home final for Munster. He was there at the helm, so. Yeah, they're, they're big games. That's not a that's not a Pro Fourteen yeah, game where they're, Mouse, they? where they're putting the the Leinster Academy out. That's you know that was a first up against Johnny Sexton in that game. So I don't know. I'd, I'd counter that one. Yeah, I, well, I, th- I think he's a great he's a great ten, um, but I think he's an even better fullback. Um, I'd like to see him concentrate 
concentrate on that uh, that 15 position. I think he could do a great job there for Wales. He's quick, um, he's powerful, um, reads the game well. He's got a good kicking game. He's got everything, um, and he's a lump as well, isn't he? Um, his pace is deceptive as well. I've seen a few mm. people say, oh, he's not quick. He is absolutely, he's, he's really pacey once he gets going. He's, he's got a lovely step He has well. got a good step. So, what would, you know, he's got everything, isn't he? Vision, um, for me, could be a, a really good option at 15 for Wales moving forward. Do you know what I think as well? Something that in the last in the last kind of year or so, every side has been talking about you need two playmakers and you need one at 10, you need one in the centre. You know, you've looked at Farrell doing it for England, you had the Lions with Farrell and Sexton, everyone says that's the kind of the blueprint for mm. success. If you go back to the 2015 World Cup, the model there seemed to be the sides that were doing it really, really well. Take Australia, for example, you had a baller at 10 and a baller at 15, and there your kind of options of bringing someone into the lines, you can go left and right with, with two proper... Just with them, one of them switching. Yeah. yeah, and I think that could be Wales's best opportunity. Yeah. It would then enable, so it would enable you to have two... Another receiver. Yeah, two receivers. Yeah. You have bigger who can do the game management, who can do the yeah, I like that. I the like real that. Um, nitty gritty. He can truck it up if you need him to. He's a hard bastard. He can put the ball in the air. And they could also swap out, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if one's going up, the other one can tr- the other one can slot slot back in. I'm liking the sound. I would love to. I would love to see yeah. that. And I think that you watched Scarlett's on Friday night and. Jones at 10 and, and Patchett at 15 just seemed to be the most beautiful combo. And I think it looked a lot better than it did when they had Patchell at 10 and a half penny at fullback. I just think it's a, the kind of rugby they play is so clever. It's such a thinking game mm. and it relies on fantastic ball skills. And I just think having Patchell in there enables you to do that. So I think, I think it could be a great option for Wales. Yeah. Likewise, I think Anscombe for, Anscombe for the Blues. I was really impressed with how Jared Evans went today. I think he has got. Yeah, he's a good. I, I like. I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't look like a fly half. Like he's unconventional looking. Like shape wise. Yeah, shape wise. Like he doesn't. I mean, he's not like Andy Goode or anything. But he's like he, he needs just, to lose a bit, does he? No, I, I wouldn't even say that. It's just like he's. he's it's a know, funny shape. Yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know, but like the way Steve-O used to used to play, like he's running like he had a fridge on his back. Yeah, you know? and he's um, but it, but massively effective. And I kind of think that he, he falls into that into that Be- mold. Beautiful passing. Beautiful passing. He puts these little, quick little kicks in. Yeah. I think he's a really exciting attacking option at 10. And to have Anscombe, who again we know has brilliant ball skills. You know, again, he's not slow. No, he's, um, he's, got some, he's got some gas. Yeah, but he, I mean, he, he created a fantastic try today. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. When he has time. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't he just needs that little bit of extra time? You can almost see... You can almost, I think you can see it with him at 10 that he, you can see the mind just ticking over about what he wants to do and then sometimes he's caught. He's caught between two things and I think to a lesser extent certainly but that, that has been the case with Patchell at times. Yeah. But I do think Patchell is a very strong 10 as well. Um, but uh, Out of the two, who is the better 10? Out of the two, for me, Patchell. Yeah, he's, he's, a, better, he's a better 10. Um and he, I'm, I'm equally going to go that he's a better fullback as well. All right, nice. What would you say on those out of that one? Patch was a better ten, and he's a better fullback. There we are. I think he's a brilliant player. Yeah, I, I like the way he can come into the line as well. So when yeah. we were saying about the, uh, you know, him him being able to slot in at you know, like a second receiver, he also cuts a really nice line, doesn't he? 
fantastic. Because he's got it upstairs. So. Yeah, he does, and that's what we're lacking in the yeah. in the Wales side, and have been for a while, is people who can read the game really instinctively and have the ball skills to be able to carry it out. Patchell falls into that bracket for yeah. me, so get him. I think I think on an, inter- an international stage as well, teams would you don't you wouldn't you don't quite know what he's going to do. Is he going to kick it, run it? What's he going to do? And it's all about making people think. All right. Final question. Will he start there for Wales and Six Nations? During some of the games, yeah. Yep. All right, then not the final <laughs> question. Will he start there against Scotland? Oh, I'm going to go with yes. All right, nice. Come on. Where does Halfpenny fit into this? I'm, all right, I, got, I, keep, I keep coming with coming back with questions. Coming back to the world. Um, I think he could well feature on the on the wing. I think he could well slot in there. If I was Wayne Pivak, I would put half penny on the wing next week. I just think this is such an amazing attacking pivot that they've got here. Well, you it's can't amazing change it now, can they? Access. Could you possibly change it now? No, I don't think so. I think you bring half penny in potentially for uh, for Pridey, I would say. Would be the would be the move I'd make. Were you unhappy with him or? No, not at all. And again, he's he's doing really well. Does he deserve to be dropped then? When it comes to out and out class, I would be looking. You know, because I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I have been a bit critical about Halfpenny and what his attacking options are. I just don't think he is that kind of player at 15 that that is going to is going to cut the game open. I actually think on the on the wing, he's not going to let you down defensively. Under the high ball, he's fantastic, and if there's an opportunity, he's still a, he's still a good finisher. He's played enough of his rugby there that I would be looking to move him into that position. And I think if you're just looking look, at and out class, Tom Pride is a player who is recovering his career really, and it's given him a new lease of life being at the Scarlets. But I still don't think all in all he's in he's in half pennies caliber. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yeah, right. Last one. Can't remember if it's your go or my go. I think it's. Me, is it? I think it's you, yeah, it All is, right. yeah, yeah. And is this the last one? No, we've got... Do, do, do. Yeah. yeah, it is. Right, good. okay, last one. Whenever we go on to Wales, it, it, it sort of I takes know, us it away, does, doesn't it? it? We, uh... And let's stick with Wales then. Owen Lane will be the bolter in the Welsh squad, fact or fiction. He's uh, he's somebody that you just think fits into how Gatland wants to play very, very nicely. So I do feel that, yeah, he'll be... Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's extremely close to being named. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go with. I'll go with fact on that. Because there's not a lot of fit back yeah. players. Yeah. We've discussed the opportunity for Patchell to to play at fifteen potentially. And Lane, you're right. He is a big physical guy. Covers a few positions as well. He, I think he wants to play centre. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So again, it gives you he's another option there. Could he be the the Outside back cover on the bench, maybe. You know, you're, you're 23 if you like. Yeah, he could. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a massive call, isn't it, for him? But he seems to. I like the way that he. Um, I like the way that he plays. I think he's got a good rugby brain on him. Which, uh, when he's on the wing, you can tell that he's played in centre, basically, mm-hmm. can't you? Because he makes the he makes the right decision. It's a it's a tricky position to play. So, I don't know whether he'll be. Yeah, will he be in that 20? Would he be in that 23? He's in the squad though for you, is he? He is, yeah. Yeah, he's in the squad. And then I think a lot of it will come down to how he slots in on that training. You know, some of them will 
some of them look good, don't they, at that point? But he has, we've seen it before, when we players have been brought in. They obviously haven't cut it in training, and they've dropped back. They dropped back down. Um, but I've got a feeling that he'll just slot in quite nicely. Okay. What are you, I, gonna, what are you gonna say? Yeah, do you know what? I think he will be in the squad. I just, I've been really impressed with how easily he's taken to regional rugby. I suppose the difficulty is, is he's not been exposed to, like Many. you were saying, like you were saying with Patchell, he's not been exposed to the top level of, of European rugby. You know, uh, that said, you know, I think Toulouse are no, are no pushover, and they had, they had a strong side out today, so, and he looked perfectly comfortable, I thought, uh, in that game. I just think out of necessity, they're going to need to, they're going to need to look at options in that position, and he covers a, a couple of different positions, like we said, so, yeah, I, I think, I think he will be in there. Um, I don't know, I might, might be wrong. I thought I'd chuck that one in as a bit of a curveball, I'm surprised you've kind of said he's, he'll definitely be in there. I just think when you look at look at what the type of player that Gatland, mm. you know, Gatland likes. He's you know he's a physical chap, isn't he? He's big. Um, I think he's often liked. You know, you know when you look at North, he's he's, he's looked at using him in the centre at times, isn't he? Some sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. But I, I've I, never really felt like it's worked to be honest. I think there was a one game against Australia where the, he he yeah. slotted in mid games. This was in like twenty fourteen. I thought he did well then. I've never thought he's a centre. Yeah. No, I, really. yeah, I'm with you. But he, that that did pay off, didn't it? Mm. It went all right. <clears throat> um, but he's just his type of player. What, what I was going to ask you with the with Wales, then mm. what if you could have two sort of a one or two changes to, to 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 the squad in terms of starting? What would you what would you come out with? I think you know Patchell's and of that's the one. Yeah, for he, me, he's got to start. Yeah, that's the one. I just. Yeah, like we've you know we just covered we just covered that he's the one that that slots in for me to to really try and and play a different um, a different way of rugby. I'm, with that in mind, I'm not sure I'd go with Owen Williams at twelve. Then I would go with bigger at ten. I'd go Patchell at fifteen, and then in the centres, I would probably go with Parks and Williams. Mm. Sort of yeah, they know each other inside out. Yeah, there. or potentially potentially Parks and and Watkin, who I think is making good strides. I think mean, he's the one that offers something a bit different, um, but I think you're going to you need familiarity in there. Look, if, if it was me, I would be looking at what the Scarlets are doing and go every Welsh qualified player in that <laughs> yeah. team. I, I'd be building it around that front row would be Scarlets. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So I'd have the second row from the Ospreys in there. So again, you've got these tried and trusted combinations. Back row is difficult because there's a lot of injuries. But I'd probably be looking at uh, Shingler, Moriarty, and um, uh, and Tipperick. With Cubby on the bench, you might say James, yeah, James yeah. Davis and Shingler know each other well. Yeah, they do. Um, Six and seven, and then I'd have Bigger and Webb who know each other. Yeah, Williams and Parks. The combinations, you're right, is 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 really important, mm. isn't it? Just to just to get that gel. Yeah, and then I, you know, I think if you're trying to change the way you're playing rugby, <laughs> if there's one side in Europe you'd be looking at trying to copy, it's the Scarlets, and you've got access to all their I think players. A lot of, a lot of sides are trying to copy. Bring them in. And go bring in you know the the bulk of that team and go right. Yeah. Do what you do for do what you do for the Scarlets. Just play exactly the same. Keep doing don't it. overcoach them. Don't try and teach them anything new in those training sessions. Just but, go, yeah, go for it. With the Scarlets as well, when you look at it, there is so much. There's so much going on, isn't there? You can see how much has been going on on the paddock because it does. You can drift into sort of it's off the cuff. It's this. Mm. You know, it's it's really loose, but. They know exactly what they're doing, don't they? They do, but I think they're given the freedom from the coaches yeah. to say, 
if you if you think it's on, if you believe it, back your instincts. Yeah, and that's what's so refreshing about it. And they're not going to come down on them if they make an error, because you you can't you can't restrict people, can you? Otherwise, they do go into the shells, and that's certainly something that's happened, isn't it, over yeah. the years? Oh yeah, I think so. And yeah, you've got a crop of players there who just don't seem to feel it. So I'd say it's just a joy. It's a joy to watch, isn't mm. it? it? Really is. It's such a shame that Fox is injured as well, because I just think. You know, he's, he was in true well-being form mm. last year, so it's a real shame to be missing a player of his quality. But yeah, look, while the Scarlets are playing like this, I'd say go go and um, use that as the blueprint yeah. and get the bulk of that side in there. Absolutely happy with that. Well, we're going to be chatting more about back three play when we catch up with the mighty Murph, who I had a chat with a little bit earlier on. So that's coming up right now. Delighted to say a return to the show for our very own Impact sub. The mighty Murph is with us. <laughs> How you doing, Murph? Hey, all right? Yeah, very good. You uh, managed to get a bit of time away around Christmas. I see you've been, uh, you've been bragging to the whole of, uh, the whole of Twitter <laughs> with your yeah. trip to St. Lucia. Yeah, I... I, I... Saying to someone recently, I've never been on holiday in January before. I don't know why I've never been in January. I, maybe I'm just old-fashioned and I like to go in the summer, but it was a definite change to go away when everyone's uh, freezing their wobblers off in this country and I'm, uh, I've got my feet up by a beach. It was nice. Yeah, excellent, excellent use of the word wobblers there as well. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Kept it clean. <laughs> That's it. After the last phone call I had with you, it required some heavy editing to make sure that yeah. the, the lawyers weren't yeah. sniffing around. So uh, appreciate yeah, you bad. keeping it clean this time. <laughs> right, well, uh, uh, wanted to uh, wanted to catch up with you as our chief talent scout on the uh, on the, <laughs> the English Premiership. Again, it's the the irony of you living in Wales and, uh, and me living in England, and you keeping a much closer eye on it is definitely not lost. But uh, <laughs> that's the way that's the way round it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I wanted to start with, this guy's been making headlines of late, and we've mentioned him a few times on the show lately, uh, and that's the Worcester winger Josh Adams. You had much mm. of a chance to to see him in action. Uh, whenever, whenever they, it was to have been on, I, I've watched him play. Um, funny enough, I've just been catching up on um, previous um, podcasts of yours that I've missed, and I listened to you and Dan discussing him and uh, saying how lively he is on the wing. And yeah. it occurred to me, it, it, obviously, his performances demand attention. I mean, Howley was watching. They, they played Bath uh, a week last Friday night at home. Howley was watching. Unfortunately, they got stuffed, and and yeah. um, Josh didn't get many opportunities. But it, it, when you look, you, you were listing the injuries at the time when I was mm. listening from like two or three podcasts back. Um, we not even have to be playing that well to be in, because uh, with George North's not back, Steph Evans is he going to be back? I don't think he is. Uh, Hallam Amos is injured. It, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a position I think wing where we're not particularly well off anyway. Yeah. So uh, they. You know, the, if Josh Adams gets injured uh, in the next couple of days, they're really going to be stra- scrabbling around looking for wingers, you know. So, so I think, you know, it might, it might happen just out of pure necessity anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, they're really, they're really threadbare with the, just with the injuries that are going on. Having said that, he's playing well enough that uh, he might get the recognition anyway. I mean, uh, so if you look what's left around fit, like Alex Cuthbert is fit. Mm. But he's going over the border apparently end of the season. Yeah, you, well, could, you, you could argue there's no point in picking someone who's going to be unavailable for the next World Cup. Yeah, because I mean, how many caps is uh, is Cuthbert on? He's on 40, 45 or forty six or something like that, I think. So he's not going to get to the magic sixty um, oh. before the end of the season. So yeah, you mm. probably have to say that it's uh, you know you've got to look around. Um, you've got to look around for for other talent and. 
we were saying yeah. that potentially Adams is one of those players who you can entice back. You know, if he gets a taste of the the setup and realizes he's in and around the plans, then it could well be an opportunity to to flex the muscle of this latest version of Gatlin's Law to get him back. Well, yeah, I mean, he's unaffected now because he was already at Worcester before mm. the law came in. And I think from what I've read, I might not, I might be wrong. I've got to correct myself on Scott Andrews as well. Scott Andrews was only on loan at Bath when I was mm. speaking to you last. That's right. I said he'd moved there. Anyway, uh, so I might be wrong about this as well, but I think he's on contract with Worcester until the end of next season because he's just signed a two-year. Yeah, well, um, I think so. But he, he, he's completely in the clear for that length of time with the way the law was, mm. with the way this law works. So... Um, it's no problem to pick him. And like I say, that, that game on the um, the Friday night against Bath, he got many opportunities, but the, the one he did, uh, the one time he did show up, he was given the ball kind of heavily marked and looked like he was just going to do the thing they do these days, put their head down and just recycle the ball. Uh, he came off his left leg a couple of times and it, suddenly he's running through midfield in loads of space. So if, I mean, you, uh, I just mentioned Alex Cuthbert yeah. in a few seconds ago. It's a long time since you've seen Alex Cuthbert do anything like that. And Josh Adams seems to be doing it on a regular basis. And if he's got that kind of uh, ability to go from nowhere to through, then uh, aside, injuries aside, Wales will have to pick him anyway. Yeah, I have to I have to stick up for, for Cuthbert here, which is uh, you know, a bit of a me. But having, having watched the game tonight, actually, um, I have to say... Did he have a good game? Yeah, he, he showed some very good glimpses in attack, made some... some uh, they used him uh, off first-phase ball at the back of the... Um, off the back of uh, the scrum really, really well. You know, he cut mm. through, cut through the defence a couple of times. So, to be fair, he did go well. Just bringing mm. back to Josh Adams, though, what are, we, mm. what are we looking out for for him? Is he just an out-and-out gas man, the finisher? What's what's his biggest strengths? Well, um, he, he reminds me a little bit of um, Ollie Woodburn at Exeter. Mm. He, he, can do, he can do the pace things, but he's strong in the contact area, strong in the tackle, and he can smash a few rucks. And, he's, you know, he's well-rounded like they all are these days. I can remember watching earlier this season watching um, the Wanderers play, and uh, I was with one of the, my old coaches who was about I don't know in his sixties, mm. and he was a little scrum half in his time. And he, he, as we were watching, one of the scrum halves on the pitch rammed straight through a ruck and you know knocked a few forwards out the way. And he just said, I, he said I couldn't play in this era. He was yeah. you know it's totally different. Everyone on the pitch is expected to slow down ball, to hit rugs, to make tackles, to do all, you know, all the things which basically 20, 30 years ago, only four or, four or five people were expected to join in on, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, and he's, he's got all those things, like oh, I guess all premiership wingers, they, they've all got the, the uh, strong tackling game and the um, disruptive uh, counter-wrecking thing going on. So, um, yeah, I, I can't see any reason not to pick him. Okay, and one player that no one's seen much of this season uh, is Ross Moriarty, but he did mm-hmm. uh, he did make a, a return for Gloucester this weekend. Mm-hmm. If he's even close to fit, he's going to be he's he's going to be starting surely, isn't he? Yeah, again, uh, number eight is another problem we've yeah. got. Um, and now with uh, Stalato out, I, I, funny enough, you and yourself and Dan were saying that uh, leaves the VD. And uh, Ross Moriarty, and there's very little underneath that with Dan Baker long-term injured as well. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting, really interesting selection. Again, uh, I, I, mean, I, th- I thought the um, 
Autumn Internationals was fascinating because of the number of well-established players that were dropped, you know, the likes of Jamie Roberts, who mm. came in later on, Scott Williams, who came in later on. Um, I, I don't know if he can afford to be that brave this time, just purely because of what's left upright in terms of uh, Welsh players. Yeah, and you mentioned Jamie Roberts there. Um, mm. How's he gone this term, and would you expect to see him back in the squad? Uh, I, I We talked about him last time I was on, and I said he his best chance of getting picked was injury, was injury. and um, you know his game is fairly limited. But he, in the meantime, especially in the round to Christmas, he's had some amazing games. I think for Harlequins, I can remember him uh, shrugging off um, Owen Farrell playing against Salisons. I think it was when Salisons were on their bad run and Quinns beat them in the league. Mm. Uh, he, went, he went straight to Owen Farrell and offloaded. It's like you know like. Uh, uh, seismic event whenever <laughs> Jamie Roberts does an offload. I don't, I don't know why he couldn't do it more often throughout his career. Uh, and, and then I think uh, it might have been uh, March until one of the, one of the Harlequins backs on his shoulder and they scored from it, directly from that. So, um, and then he's had another good game against Ulster, I think, in the, um, in the uh, European Cup as well. So, if, he, if he's, I haven't seen him in the last few weeks, but if he's back in that kind of form, uh, and again, injuries, come into it as well. There's no reason why you shouldn't be in the squad. So. What about then the the exodus, uh, sorry, the uh, the kind of the home of the Welsh exiles that seems to be Bath uh, in this day and age? Now, obviously, they've uh, mm-hmm. were on the end of a an amazing Scarlet's performance on um, on Friday. Yeah, night. wasn't it just amazing? It was. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's genuinely just mm. you know, regardless of of what side you support, it's just amazing to watch a Welsh side um, mm. play with that level of flair so hard up front and just so damn clinical as well they just the, the skill level was fantastic yeah uh, it just it was just beautiful i mean i i'm still bitter about the first game they played in in the, the yeah. return fixture earlier in the tournament because on that day there's only two times i think if they have been run close at home this season i i've probably got the stats wrong here but there's only twice that i can remember they've been run close at home once was bath was absolutely lashing it down mm. and they just played into the heavy front five and the Better tactical kicking of Priestland over um, on the night was Rhys uh, uh, Patchell. He had a terrible game kicking out of hand. Mm. And the other time was um, the Ospreys pushed them close and lost in the last minute. <clears throat> I think on both of those occasions, if, if it had been dry conditions, they'd have smashed Bath and they probably would have won comfortably against the Ospreys as well. And, and it was lucky, I think, or unlucky for Bath, when, when that game was played on Friday, it was perfect underfoot, yeah. no rain in the air. And they just were able to just play him completely off the park. I've heard people raving about all all sorts of different parts of that game, uh, uh, t- tight burn, sidestep, mm. and, and loads of other. Uh, Hadley Park's hands to put Asquith in on the, in the right hand corner was amazing. But the one I've just noticed today on a replay was um, the build up to Tyke Burns' try. Uh, Dave Bullbring handed, handled the ball f- three times in the build up. Once, once was a twenty-yard pass across his own twenty-two, and then he had a carry, and then he had another two, two-foot pass later on before Tyg went over. So he doesn't get a lot of coverage, Bullbring, uh, because he's playing alongside a yeah. Tyg Byrne, you know. But he had, a, he had a great game as well. Well, and every, that, everyone did. Everyone uh, did. Uh, That's it. Yeah, exactly. Austin Healy said the same thing on TV. It's, it's really hard to pick a pick a man of the match. It was, and uh, yeah, certainly, it certainly wasn't likely to be coming from uh, from the Bath side. But <laughs> a fair amount, a fair amount of Welshmen um, 
featured. We've had obviously uh, Charteris, Ali Brew's been in in good form of late, mm. um, and Priestland went off injured. What can yeah. we what can we kind of expect out of the the Welsh contingent at Bath? Uh, well, it, um, it might it might well have made it much harder for um, Bath to play in that game. It, I'm not saying it could have won if Priestland had stayed on, but it definitely disrupted things because he had a great game against Slavery in the first yeah. in the first fixture. Um, hopefully it's not too serious as well. It looked didn't look he wasn't carried off or anything, so he might be okay. Um, on the subject of Welsh players in the Premiership, if we're talking about Worcester, we should mention Sam Lewis. Yeah. Who's, um, there's not many Premiership teams even bother using an, out, an open side. Like the Northampton play Laws at Blindside. Yeah. And um, I told you he plays Blindside for Saracens as well. They're just not something they even value, I don't think, over there. So to see Sam Lewis <clears throat> playing well <clears throat> for Worcester, he's been in, he had a big injury. Missed a good couple of months, but he's back to himself now. Um, I might have him mixed up. He's the guy who left the Ospreys that's because right. of Tipperick being in the way. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's been playing really well. Uh, we've just got ridiculous number of good open sides in, in Wales. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems it seems like there's 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 not really anywhere that he'd he'd get in at the moment, is there? You know, I think every no. every region has a good couple of options um, at open side. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you, you could say the, the Dragons are trying; they're doing their bit with bringing Bristol players back into Wales and yeah. looking wherever there's wherever there's a Welshman over the border, they're trying to get him back, kind of thing. But Sam Ollie Griffiths is already already at the Dragons, so uh, Sam Lewis is no incentive for him to come back there, you know. And and but, they um, be, will be back next season as well, you'd imagine. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, plus obviously a, a, a fair amount of, of young talent. So, I don't know, it might well be one where he's. Um, He's kind of best off playing his trade in uh, in the English mm. Prem. Yeah, it, well, exactly. There's only, there's only four regions of travel. Um, the travel. Uh, yeah, I'm. You touched on the dragons there a little bit. I'm really excited about the dragons. Uh, I they, they, initially they announced three signings from Bristol. And it was yeah. Jordan Williams, Roger Williams, and Ryan Bevington. Is Ryan right. Bevington still coming? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Uh, that's good. So you got Ryan Bevington and Hibbard. Yeah, and then uh, I know you and uh, Dan were saying recently that second row is a real issue. Mm. Um, things are like slot, and if Moriarty comes and he stays fit, I, I think, think the, recru- uh, the recruitment looks really good. Uh, so yeah, I, I love it. I do. I I, I think you can only like uh, I'd be really excited if I was a Dragons. I'm a, yeah, I'm a Dragons fan. <laughs> I, I support I support all the regions, uh, yeah. any Welsh region, especially if they're in Europe. Um, it, like Europe is the to me is the big gap because we can't compete kind of on wage bill means the Welsh teams don't get into the latter stages of the European Cup enough any of the European Cups but particularly the Champions Cup and then we can't see which players can cut it at higher level if you know what I mean yeah it's, so it's then, massive then, you know you need, yeah, and the, you need exposure know, at that level to, to find out if they're international players or not exactly I, I know uh, from listening uh, Dan always likes to say, uh, "Yeah, chuck him in, give him a chance, chuck him yeah. in." And I, I agree sometimes, but what I, my preferred way would be, you know, say with people like Keelan Giles or Sam Davis, to see him against really top kind of uh, uh, do or die, you know, cup competition yeah. against good sides, and then you can say, "Well, he, he did it. He did the business in that game, so we can give him a, a chance in, in, in the test level." But because we 
a wage bill is sometimes uh, a half or even a third of the teams are playing against, we uh, we don't get into the legislators anymore. So. No, that's it. And I mean, hopefully, hopefully that's changed. Obviously, you'd expect the Scarlets to be able to to have a damn good crack at it at home, and that's the thing they've got. To, they've got to follow up on that performance. Um, exactly. Well, like I said, I think I think the only thing that will stop them next week is the weather. If it's raining, it'll level it out and give Toulon a chance. If it's not, I can't see Toulon living with him. And if it is nice, but I I don't know what the opposite of a rain dance is, but we should all do the opposite of one of those. And then if they can play well, you know, anywhere near as well as they did against Bath, more importantly than anything, they're going to get a home draw in the quarterfinal. And that's huge in Europe, obviously. Yeah, it is absolutely. And then what? Just to just to finish on, what about the what about the Ospreys? They've got a, a much stiffer test because they've got to go away, mm. and mm. obviously their their rugby isn't you know isn't as exciting as uh, as the Scarlets is. But no one's is. <clears throat> no, no one's is. But how do you how do you yeah. rate the Ospreys' chances going into next weekend? Uh, it's really tough. I mean, um, what's it called? Stadmaster Michelin. Michelin. Yeah. I mean. They did lose uh, this year, didn't they, to someone? Um, yeah. They lose a home game. It doesn't happen very often, especially not in Europe. So, I mean, it, I, I was living and dying on that game. I was watching that game last night, and I was like as if I was watching Wales against England. I was so uptight watching the game. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't be because the, my mate's leaving now, um, Griff. That's right. End of the season. I should be, should be throwing rotten veg at them. But... Um, yeah, I was living and dying it, and um, because sidemen, the they almost put Saracens out to the whole yeah, tournament. That's it. And I, I don't think Saracens are going to get through anyway, um, because the way the results have gone today, it looks as though they can't. Even if they get, well, they will probably will get five points out of Northampton. Um, it doesn't look like it'll be enough. If they do, everyone, everyone who's in the top tier will be very nervous about possibly drawing Saracens in the quarter final. But um, it's a massive ask for the Ospreys. I mean, I, I think they'll have a good crack at it, but it's just a huge. I mean, it, it would it would be the biggest result in their history if they beat uh, Claremont away to get into the quarterfinals of the European Cup. It's true. I suppose it gives them it gives them hope. The fact that Northampton have given them a, a bloody nose this weekend. Um, mm. So you never know. Really, re- really weird uh, season from Claremont because they've beaten Saracens away. Obviously, Saracens are in the middle of a terrible run. But you still wouldn't expect Claremont to do that, even the Southerns were in full strength, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, so put themselves in a really good position, and then lose to uh, the probably the most ramshackle side in the Premiership at the moment, uh, Northampton. So um, crazy! It's a cra- been an absolutely crazy group from start to finish. It has, and yeah, not too uh, not too long to find out how it's uh, how it's going to end, Murph. It's been awesome, uh, awesome chatting to you, and we'll we'll catch up with you no doubt uh, before and during the uh, Six Nations and get your take on uh, on that. Definitely gonna definitely gonna meet in the flesh during the Six Nations. Uh, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. I know it's uh, it's strange that it's uh, that it's still not happened. It's been like a, it's been like a throwback to when people had pen pals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've been in touch with for years, never actually seen them in the flesh. That's so, it. Uh, we'll, yeah. have to, we'll have to we'll have to break the duck. We should have, we should have met up in the autumn, but there we are. There we go. Never mind. Yeah. All right, mate. Perfect. Awesome. Great to chat to you as always. Cheers, Ed. Time now for Simbin, which is our weekly opportunity to chuck something from the world of rugby that's been getting on our nerves, banish it to the sidelines. And I've got one this week, which 
Let's see if you agree with this one, Dan. I keep seeing a lot of people on social media, on Twitter in particular, keep kind of bemoaning that the game's gone soft. Now, I understand what they're what they're kind of talking about, and I think some of the recent law changes can kind of make it seem that way. You know, I think these seatbelt tackles and things like that, where you're seeing those get penalised really, really quickly. You know, the high tackle laws that has, yeah. that has, that has come into place. But I think, <laughs> to say the game's gone soft, I think it's, it's the opposite. I think these laws have been a reaction to the fact that the game is just so physical now that players are in such... Um, what's the word? In, in danger, well, it, really. You know, that... It is seriously dangerous. I think it is. The concussion issue. Some of these tackles this weekend. I mean, uh, you know, the one on Jamie Roberts in particular. Have you seen that? I did. I saw, I enjoyed Martin Williams' tweet afterwards as well, which said, uh, don't worry, Haskell's Haskell's shoulder will have come off a worse position than uh, than Jamie Roberts' head will. (laughs) Um, It's some head, isn't it? Yeah, it's a serious block of granite, that. Yeah, you know what? I just think that things like that, that is that's a red now for me, and yeah, he knew what he was doing as well. Uh, you know he? what? It's clumsy. Yes, I don't think he meant to hurt him. Um, it's a bad, it's a bad tackle, and that is a dangerous one. I for think me. he knew what he was doing. Too. Do you? Yeah, I do. I know it's hard to. You, 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 I don't think Haskell ever knows what he's doing. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to say that because you know they're out. They're going out to injure someone. I don't mm. think. Was he just a rush of blood to the head, and he went, "Yeah, I'm going to nail him." Yeah, he just wanted to, he just wanted to just wanted to level him and you know and and he didn't want to see him get injured obviously but he he was going in with going in with everything and it's it's but it's clumsy as well isn't it you can you know somebody you could you could kill someone from from taking someone's head off like that yeah you know so i agree with you the game hasn't gone soft if any, if anything it's got harder i think it's got and it's there's a different it depends on how you look at hard isn't it like you know back in you know back in the 70s you see people punching the yeah. in you know gouging or or, or or not seeing it then but yeah. the, the players it's knew going about on. it yeah. yeah but it's a, it's different now isn't it those col- the collision hits are, are, are nasty yeah um and for that reason the, the the laws have had to be you know have had to be looked at um and i think it's a different kettle of fish as well if if you're playing in those games, and then you're saying the game's gone, the game's gone soft. It's probably the line that you don't like. You know, the game, you yeah, know, it's just so easy to roll. I, out. See, I, I do feel it's one of them where I just do feel a bit for the players where people are going, Oh, the game's gone soft, the game's gone soft. It's supposed to be carried off, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like Jamie Roberts walking off, you know, with his head in a sling, yeah, come on, Jamie, yeah, you should, you, you should be fine, I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's one of those where I do feel for them a bit. And just think it's it's such a throwaway line, but that's it. You know, I do think there are some laws that are, you know, that need to tighten up. There's the stuff with players in the air and coming down. Yes, I know it's dangerous and it needs to be looked at, but there, I think there's there's rule for some common sense there. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's rules to look at a case by case. Um, so I, I kind of appreciate the frustrations, but I don't think it's gone soft. And I think if anything, the the stuff that goes on at the illegal clearouts, that is the stuff that he's looking at. Your pair's flying in, smashing them right back um, past the ruck. You got shoulders, no arms, things like that. I, I think it's just that's the stuff where it, it needs a real look at. They're the real dangerous elements for me. Mm. Probably more, yeah. you know, more so than the, the high tackles. I think if anything, the high tackle law has 
was it about a year ago we where these changes came in and we were actually quite critical I don't think it's been a hindrance particularly I just no, think you know you've got to go lower and there are the occasional ones where you ride up and you're going to give away a penalty so I think you might have even suggested in a rare moment of wisdom that it might be responsible for the game freeing up a bit because you're going to have let you know more opportunity for people to offload the ball because you have to go yeah. a bit lower so yeah, you know, I, I think the game's really exciting to watch at the moment. So. I think so as well. Yeah, from a, from a for for a spectator, it's it's great, mm. isn't it? Because yeah, you're getting you're getting a lot of sort of free flowing rugby, um, which needed to come. The clearing out, I totally agree with you. It's because you you some a lot of the players don't know where they're getting hit from. Yeah. So you can't you can't brace yourself. Yeah, you're not utterly relaxed because you're on the pitch yeah. still. But it's it's a it's a matter of time, isn't it, before someone's back. Is, is snapped or net, you know. Well, and, it's... and again with the concussion thing, I just think if you're, a, you know, if you're a, it's not just sevens anymore. It's well, any, everyone any going forward, in, any back, you know, any player on the pitch will be expected if there's an opportunity. Everyone to can do damage to do it, and then someone coming in to clear you out. There's a lot of shoulders going there. Your head's just completely exposed. Bang! That cannot be good for you for the size and the force that people are coming in. So, um, that's something that that's something that needs that needs looking at. And yeah, I don't know. Bit of rucking, maybe you wouldn't go amiss. I've seen some people suggest that this weekend, and I know that seems ridiculously dangerous, but it just seems to be one of those things that the game was a bit policed, you know, self-policed. Better, you wouldn't lie on the wrong side. You wouldn't get in the way. Like a shoe pie with a bit of yeah, a bit of slippering going on. So yeah, I don't know whether that's the answer or not. But I, I just think it's um, it's unfair on the players to say the game's gone soft. Yeah, I'm happy with that. All Throw right. it in there. Throw it in there. Anything that's been bugging you this week, or you? Uh... Nope. Absolutely. <laughs> <nothing. laughs> All right, then let's move on to any other business. So the other stuff that's uh, that's knocking around the rugby news this week. So reports today that George North might be, or the Scarlets might be doing a bit of a U-turn and talking to George North about recruiting him back there. What have you made of that? Is that because of uh, the Ospreys aren't sure? <laughs> a couple of teams aren't sure on him, are they? Um... The old wages. Is that what you um, reckon? Well, I, I mean, the Ospreys have come out, haven't they, and mm. said that uh, you know they've got concerns. They won't be the only one. I mean, he doesn't yeah. he's not playing? Doesn't play a huge amount of games. So while we're talking about players with, you know, while we're talking about concussions, exactly, yeah. Um, if you're looking at uh, in a bang for your buck, he's he's not he's he's not going to cut it, is he? So somebody could, pick, I don't know, maybe they could pick up a you know pick up a better deal. By just laying low at the beginning. I mean, this is it. Is you know he's he's coming back because it's on a it's on a dual contract, so it's going to be at one of the regions. It just seems yeah, it's it's a really really strange scenario, isn't it? There seems to be a lot of hesitation around it. I I wouldn't. Um, we haven't mentioned the dragons much tonight, um, just because the, their game wasn't televised and stuff. But mm-hmm. here's my opportunity. Again, if I was recruiting for the dragons, I wouldn't be looking at, at putting my money there. I think it's massive from a marketing point of view. But there's enough marketing going on there, isn't there? There's enough things happening for, yeah, for, for not the Dragons sure not to... Stories, no, they? I don't think the Dragons need need North. No, unless he can do a stint in second row, I uh, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> be looking at be looking at bringing him in. And and yeah, you look around elsewhere, I don't know, do, do you think that's where he's going to end up, the Scarlets? I could actually see it, yeah. I could see him going to the Scarlets. Um, and because they're... They've got quite nice depth, the Scarlets, haven't they? It just seems to be getting stronger and stronger mm. as well. That they might be able to use him, manage him, you know, um, 
you know, play him, then rest him, and just give him that time that he needs. Um, the man management side of him, whereas the Ospreys, for the, the on the on the wingers, they can't. The Ospreys can't afford to have you know North come in and then for him for them then to be injured, mm-hmm. and they're going back to some of the lesser quality wingers. Um, you know, David Owls, we haven't mentioned, have we? I don't know where, where's you know where is he at the moment? Is I don't know. I that you know he's a he's a pace, he's out and out mm. he's got pace isn't he but you could see them just looking at it thinking we need someone that's going to play week in week out um, and North isn't your man so Scarlets I, I really don't know I really don't. I think he'll still end up at the Ospreys yeah yeah I think they're going to feel like they need it and they need to make a better job of recruitment this summer I think it'll be a big it'd be a big fanfare for whoever he ends up with because you can you know he'll, his image will be splashed all over billboards and and advertising stuff all around uh, all around town and I do you know I think you're going to have to whoever ends up with him is going to have to manage him carefully because he's had such a you know such a difficult time with injury and stuff but yeah I I still think he'll end up with the Ospreys personally yeah would you like to see him go there yeah, I would. Yeah, I think I'm happy. With I, that I, as as well. long as you know, as long as he does kick on and yeah. and the Ospreys find there, um, but, it's getting, but again, it's going to be difficult. You know, they've got they've got to rebuild, losing both their halfbacks, like we said last week. You know, it's it's not going to be easy. It's so difficult. Your nine and your ten. You know, yeah, yeah. your nine goes or your ten, not both. Well, not just any nine and ten. You know, they've been their first choices for you, five, six seasons. Yes, yes. You know, they're giving a lot to the Ospreys. They're giving they? a lot to the Ospreys and. They're both, you know, they're both lions. They're both, you know, the best nine and ten in Wales. They're such high quality, so it's going to be very difficult. And you know, a, a lot's going to be expected of the of the new recruits. Alan Davis is going to have to, he's going to have to go well. Haverfield's going to have to step up in the games he plays, and then you know, Sam Davis is going to have to, really going to have to kick on to the to the next level. Um, Some ask, isn't it? It is, but you know, we were probably saying the same thing about about bigger when James Hook left in whenever that was 2010, 2011. You know, we were looking at it in the same scenario and going, "Oh well, they've they've put their faith in this youngster," and you know, Hooks Hooks had to move on, and uh, that worked out well. And you know, he's he's been a fantastic servant for them. So you just don't know. It wasn't you? so long ago as well that we were absolutely raving about Sam Davis, weren't we? You know, yep. you know, such a gift, such a gifted player. So it does give him opportunity, doesn't it? He'll have that shirt, um, and he can just he can just grow into it now. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll, we'll see with that soon enough. Um, Squad announcement on Tuesday we've kind of already covered, but that will be something to um, to keep your eyes peeled on because yeah, it is not far away. Only three weeks to the Six Nations, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's so so exciting, isn't it? So exciting. I just hope we uh, I hope we uh, we get the squad selection right. So let's see what happens now. Any other surprises you're expecting to see in there from other than the ones we've we've kind of covered already, or anyone you'd like to see in there? I don't, I, I don't think there can be a huge number mm. of. Uh, uh, of surprises can there because we've you know been hit quite hard haven't we with injuries um and as the last 18 months has shown we don't we don't have the depth that we uh we possibly thought we mm-hmm. did so i don't think there'd be any great surprises no anyway. is, there, is there anyone you'd like to see in there if um, you were selecting it there'd be you know someone you'd be honing in on well we've mentioned him loads tonight but patch i just yeah he he's been for me, he's been the forgotten man for quite some time, and he, he has to be included. I think he's an absolute cert this time, but to be honest, I've said it over a you know 
over a couple of seasons, I yeah. thought he'd be included. You have as well, as long with a load of other supporters, and he just hasn't been there. So yeah. if he's there, I think I'll be happy. All right. What about James Davis, another who falls into that bracket of how can he not get picked? What about this time? Is he going to be in there? <laughs> yeah, he'll be there. Will he? He'll be there with his tattoos. Yeah. You? Well, he's got to so. be, isn't he? I really hope so. I he's think he will be. this time. With the injuries we've got in the back row. But yeah, but at the same time, you've got a lot of sevens coming back into, you know, so Navidi is is someone who has obviously gone up in Gatland's estimation after the autumn, and he covers six, seven, eight. So I think he's going to be in there as eight cover and nothing else. You know, you've then got Tipperick is, you know, Tipperick's fully fit and playing again, who you know what you're going to get with Justin Tipperick. So oh, I fully expect him to be in there. Ellis Jenkins has come back in and looked absolutely superb. And we know what Gatlin thinks. Gatlin right? loves him. So yeah. what we're saying is, you know, Tipperick will, Tipperick will be there. I think I think Ellis Jenkins might well be there as well. And then you've got Navidi who could also do seven. Can you put Cubby in as, a, as an out-and-out seven? Playing devil's advocate here, because I would, but can you? I I think he's playing that well, and he's just got to be. He's got to be in there. Do you have him over Ellis Jenkins? At the moment, yeah, he's played. He's played more rugby, isn't he? I'm a big fan of Ellis Jenkins, mm. but I just think we can't ignore him for his development as well. What does it say if he doesn't get in this time? Yeah, he might as well. He'll probably give up if his his his, his hopes on Wales if he hasn't already. Yeah. So I just think for that and the bigger picture, James Davis has to be in there. I'd also, I think like we said last week, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there and people and having a, the, the squad having, a, sorry, the management having a really good look at him and seeing, right, can he do a job elsewhere in the back row for us? Because I think he can. Just because he plays seven, because he's such a good fetcher. He has all the attributes. He's so stocky that I think he could probably, and he carries well, probably, probably is a little bit too small to be a, an international aid. But it's a guy who filled in on the wing uh, in a... Pro 14 semi final, so you know, like he's got, yeah, I mean, he's a, got versatility. There's a bit of a difference it. from wing to number eight. No, there but, is, but all I'm saying is he's got yeah, different attributes. Yeah, he so has. Could he do a job at six for you as like a two seven type job? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think. Well, I'd, I'd start him against Scotland, would you? Yeah, against with that with their back row instead of Tipperick or Shingler. Um, inst- instead of Tipperick, mm. because I again, it's combinations, isn't it? It's Shingler, uh, James Davis, and then I'd have um. He'll probably be Navidi, wouldn't it? At, uh, I think Moriarty, if he's even eight. close to fit, and he went this weekend, I think I think Moriarty will be eight. I just, yeah, I just think that yeah, I, yeah, Navidi. I think it'll be a it's close on Navidi, but I think it'll be a close call. That I think Moriarty is a much more of an international eight than Josh Navidi is. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Feel like I'm always saying that he never lets you know he puts in it. No, but, he doesn't. But I know that that out and out sort of. If Moriarty's right to the top of it, you know, right at the top of his game, he's just he offers something totally different, doesn't he? Whereas there's so much heart and effort that comes yeah. through from the VD that it's hard to knock that. But when you when you just want to go up that extra level, yeah, Moriarty's got Which that. You have to he? do it international. Yeah, yeah. In international rugby, so. But def- certainly six, six and seven, I'd love to see James Davis out there, and you know, equally he knows. You know, he knows one of their back row boys very well, doesn't he? Yeah, so does. um, that's, that should come into play. All right. And then the final thing to wrap up on. So 
a lot of chat this week about the TV rights deal for the Pro 14. So this is up for negotiation. It looks as though Sky have now gone from the running. So they're one of the current crop of got five or six or seven different broadcasters who um, who transmit the Pro 14 globally. This is absolutely crucial for the Pro 14's future. They have to get this right. So much has been made on them needing to, to increase the amount of money going into it. They just have to get this right. And also, I think the long-term future of the game, they've got to be very, very careful about it just going behind the behind a, um, a paywall. Pay. Yeah. Yeah, this obviously you know a lot about this, but what's the what would you say is the should be the way forward with it then? I think they need a split. I think they need a split. Or 50-50? I don't know about 50-50, but there needs to be... Can't really do 50-50, could you? There needs to... I mean, there's enough games that you could do mad stuff with it, really. I think for the game of Wales, I think it's crucial that... I know people say that attendances suffer with the games being on TV. Yes and no. It does, but it also keeps it front of mind. You know, there there is... um, There's a huge part of... A huge part in that that you need... um, you need to keep, particularly in the world we live in now, like the media media consumption is so different to the way it used to be. There's a lot more distractions. Kids need to be able to find rugby and see it and be inspired by it quickly and, and move on. And that's the, the element that I think they've got to be very careful of. So I think there needs to be a portion free to air. And yeah I just think they've got to be very very careful but at the same time they, they need to drive the money up and I think that's where the, the route they'll take who do you think who do you think will get it I think BT will get the lot and you'd be happy with that I wouldn't because I'd want I, I think the best route is to have an element that's that's free to air um, now uh, yeah I mean it, it would make it easier if BT have it you know if you're going to go for a subscription TV service, it makes sense then for a rugby fan to just go, okay, BT, because they've got the English Prem, they've got the Pro 14, and they've got European rugby exclusively as of next season. But not, I wouldn't be massively happy about it. I think it's important. About taking out the subscription? Uh, less taking out the subscription. I wouldn't be massively happy about losing it from losing it from uh, BBC Wales. Um, I would like to think that S4C will still play a role in there as well as a specialist broadcaster. I think they, they do a brilliant job of... Um, of the sport that they cover, not that I speak a barely a word of Welsh, but I think they do. I think they do a really good job, um, and you know, procure some really good rights off the back of it. So, I would, uh, you know, I'd like to see them as a part of it as well. But it is, it's quite, it's confusing at the moment, which which kind of doesn't help, does it? No, um, not at all. But no. this is my problem with the league: is like, if Ulster are playing Zebra, I won't watch it. If Leinster are playing. The cheaters. I won't watch it. I, I only want to watch the Welsh regions play, and that's the problem. That's why people have much more interest in the in the derbies. So a lot of the games just kind of don't mean that much when you're not involved. You know, if BT yeah. have all the rights and then go, okay, cool. Well, let's just put on, um, you know, let's put on the best two or three games from the week, whatever it might be. I don't know. If that's going to be, you know, it hits us particularly hard. Anyway, doesn't it? Because we're yeah, um, yeah, because we're living outside Wales, so you know we haven't got the opportunity to go every weekend and um, and watch them. So yeah, I, I think it's an absolutely it's a complex time. one, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is, and you can see just from talking about it now how difficult it must be for the 
you know, for the decision makers who are, who are going to make those just, bids. You know? I just think that you know Martin and I and, and crew will be sat there looking at it, going, right, we've got to, I've, you know, because as CEO, whatever his role is, he's just he's tasked on the next few years, isn't he? You won't be in this job forever. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Does he really care about the long term future of the league? I don't know. I don't know that. I might be, but what? Well, I don't. Real... I don't think they can. I don't think they can forecast too far into the future because yeah. it's on such a knife edge. So, you know, if, you know, if he if he's in a boardroom and he start talking about you know in ten years time, people will just switch off because they're like, well, yeah. hang on, we've got we've, we're literally in survival mode here. Yeah, you exactly. couldn't, you can't do it, can you? Um, it's a it's a really difficult one. Um, but yeah, as you said there, I mean, it, it, it just got to make sure they get it right now. But there's going to be people that are going to be disappointed, aren't they? Because mm. not everyone agrees. On, on the way in which it should go. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted with that as and uh, as and when things progress. Um, but that pretty much brings us to a conclusion for this week. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please do so on Twitter at Attacking Scrum, Facebook. Uh, we've got a Facebook page on there which you can like, and we keep you up to date with all the news and uh, videos and uh, and that kind of stuff. If you want some more in detail chat, then you can join our Facebook group which is called Wales Rugby Fans. So just search for that. If you've enjoyed it, then please leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, yeah, remember to check out some of our recent episodes as well. So the one with Scott Otten from last week. And we also had a special with Ed Jackson, which uh, hopefully you found, uh, found interesting too. So yeah, uh, make sure you check those out. And finally, of course, uh, big thanks to our sponsors at socoffeetrades.co.uk. And we'll see you next week. Thanks very much for listening. Podcast Network.